stay tuned for Sound Tasting, the podcast where food meets music. Thanks to Nicoletta and Beppe's Trotteria in the Pearl. Welcome to Sound Tasting with jazz singer Marty Mendenhall. Today on Sound Tasting, we'll meet Barnaby Tuttle, the co-owner and winemaker at Teutonic Wine Company in Southeast Portland. After jazz sort of really started affecting the wine, I realized that I wanted it to really become a fabric of what this winery is. From jazz and Miles Davis to heavy metal and red flag, these German-style wines are often influenced by the art of music itself. Stay tuned as Barnaby shares his journey from steelworker to a premier Oregon winemaker. So hi, we're here at the Teutonic Wine Company in Southeast Portland, just before the jazz set is gonna start tonight. And I have to say, this is a beautiful place. We've got all the wine barrels against the wall. And I'm here with Barnaby Tuttle, the owner of the Teutonic Wine Company. Barnaby, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Marty. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much. We've already, you know, kind of gotten started. We've, we're, we're drinking wine right now. What are we drinking? This is a, um, a little experiment I did. It's called Candied Mushroom, and it's a very fungal-affected Riesling. And um, I'm not sure that that probably sounds like the nicest thing in the world, <laughs> but you're drinking it, and... I am, actually, and I, I, you know, I had just commented to you right before the show started that, you know, it's got a little bit of a, a fruity flavor, which, you know, I expect in this, and it's got that acidity that I really like. Um, and, you know, what gives it that, that kind of, you know, taste to it. Ooh, well, let me think here. So rip and acidity is what Teutonic's all about. And when I purchase fruit, I look for older vines, vineyards where the plants have super, super deep roots, colder growing sites, and that enables me to have wines that have really bright, fresh acidity. And this this wine was a, a really a rather odd experiment. Um, I've been, you know, reading about Momofuku and their MSG experiments. Uh-huh. I mean, you just you just took us right down the rabbit hole. We oh. went to the craziest wine <laughs> I've ever done, and now we're in it. You know, the, this is where That's we're going to go. That's great. Okay, well, let's just start in the rabbit hole right Absolutely. off the bat. Absolutely. This is great. You know, let's throw go people for it. in the deep end. Right. Um, so anyway, you know, you think about MSG, people have very negative ideas, but when you slow roast food, you're making MSG. When you use soy sauce. Um, fish sauce, anything that's very umami driven. And this fruit came in totally covered in a type of rot called botrytis. Ah. They look like white little sponges. You could hardly see the grapes. That's interesting. And instead of doing what people normally do, which is press it off, settle it. And by the way, that that fungus of botrytis or noble rot can actually concentrate flavors Uh and make really amazing prized dessert wines. But we went the other way. And we did something you're not supposed to do. Okay. We had all the fruit bins, these, I don't know, three foot high by four feet by four feet bins that hold about a thousand pounds of fruit. Uh-huh. They're outside and we started jumping in them, crushing the fruit like Lucille Ball, you know. This is that. like Barnaby's super secret weekend activities to jump in oh, the barrels yeah. of fruit and crush the one. Exactly. Crush the grapes. And so that fungus, all the spores started releasing when we were doing it. It looked like clouds of dry ice. Did it really? Moving down the parking lot. Wow. And here comes a really amazing sales pitch. We let it soak in it for four days. It looked like mushroom soup. <laughs> and and um, 
to make when wine out of. When we pressed it, um, my assistant winemaker uh, got a respiratory thing. I got a rash. I tasted the juice out of the press pan. I got a histamine reaction. My lips swelled up. This is a great sales pitch. Oh my gosh. However, when we inoculated it with the Pied de Couve, that's the yeast we culture from the vineyard because I feel the, the yeast of the vineyard is part of what makes that site unique. Uh -huh. Within a day, that histamine was gone. So that's the second fungus now is the yeast. Uh -huh. And we're stirring it. We're trying to move that yeast around to really have it interact with the wine. And then after it was done fermenting, one of my barrels developed a film yeast, which is floor, which is a kind of nutty tasting. It gives sherry its flavor. Uh -huh. We threw that in there. And we said, we want to make the most fungi, fungus umami wine ever. Wow. And, and I think, and the funny thing is, I thought it would be funkier than it is. It's not. It's, it's actually it's, clean. It's really delicious. It has this beautiful, clear, um, you know, perfect color to it. And uh, it smells, it smells beautiful. I love it. It's, yeah. just, it's really pretty, it's super clean. But you do kind of get that impression of saltiness in the finish. I'm tasting it again because I can do that. Um, and you're right, I do taste the, the saltiness. It's it's delicious. And, it, and it's young. I think a lot of the complexity will come out in time. Mm -hmm. And so how long, uh, what kind of time, this is called candied mushrooms. Um, and it, I'm assuming that you just made, how many bottles did you make? Uh, well, I made about 190 cases. So whatever a mathematician, 190, uh, cases, 190 right? times 12 is how many I made. So this is a 2017 white wine. Ooh. How long do you think it would need to age before you know the really complex flavors start to? Kind I would of... say that. Well, I'm a big advocate for old Rieslings. My favorite wines in the world are 50-year-old Mosel Rieslings. Really? And it's hazelnut oil, attic-y flavors really sexy furniture polish. I know that sounds <laughs> messed up, but we don't have the architecture of language. So uh, we have, right. it's like mime, it tastes like this, kind of. Right. And um, yeah, it's my favorite. I would say this wine probably will peak in 30 years. Really? And we shouldn't even be drinking it right now, but as I say, Chateau Cashflow, I have to, you know, pay the bills, keep the lights on. Right. It tastes good, but it's, it's, nowhere near where it should be right i get that well it's it's i i'm i'm liking it just as it is well, thank so. you yeah so i'm drinking uh mushrooms so this is good and apparently when you drink 50 year old wine you're drinking furniture polish so this is all in good to know right way. in an amazing way i can't wait to try that sometime so well, tell me like how did you become a winemaker i know I read uh, on the website that that wasn't necessarily your past. You're kind of a jack of all trades. So what led you to wine? Well, it's 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 an interesting story. I, at least I feel it is. I worked back a house in restaurants, uh -huh. and I kind of I kind of wore on me, and I went and did blue collar work. I became an auto wrecker. I worked at a wrecking yard, which is all antique Mopars, like pre 1980. Uh -huh. I was an iron worker, and I got a job working at a restaurant waiting tables again because I wanted to travel. Right. And so I got in this place and I was working double shifts almost every day of the week, loving uh -huh. it. And it was suggested maybe I should take some wine classes because I kind of didn't know anything about wine. Uh-huh. And I dreaded it. And this is something to this day I hate about wine, is wine is just like any other food. And anybody that makes somebody feel small or gets on them because they don't know the right terms. Pretentious. I'll kick their butt. Because <laughs> wine is just, just like anything else. 
I don't see anything wine different than my muscle cars yeah. or heavy metal or jazz. Things that are good are things that are good and nice people want to share these things and don't criticize people for not knowing all the fancy words. Right. So I show up on my 65 Barracuda and you know, I really felt like I didn't belong in this room, uh -huh. but a couple really powerful things happened. They were blind silent, meaning you didn't know what you were drinking, yeah. you couldn't see the bottle, uh -huh. and you had to take notes in silence. And all the people were writing the same thing. And I'm like, okay, this isn't suggestion. This is a real thing. Wine really has all those complex flavors. The next week, the class did something even cooler. They didn't tell us what grapes we were drinking. We were drinking Pinot Noir from one producer, the same vintage, three different vineyard sites. Oh, and that's said, a huge difference. They said that vent difference is called terroir. And I'm like, I can't, we're on the radio, so I can't say you have to be me, but I couldn't believe it. I became so curious and so obsessed. Right. A year later, I was the wine buyer. I read every book, I met every winemaker, asked every question I could. That set me on the path. Then about a year later, a German importer came in the door with 14 Mosul Rieslings in his bag. I bought every one, I went home from a $1,200 order, came home and told my wife I'm gonna quit my job and learn that. He became my best friend. We went to Germany together and I met a winemaker that became my mentor that taught me to make wine. Oh my gosh, and what is his name? Uh, Harald Jungmann, Weingut Ackermann. I love Crazy that. Crazy cool dude. And he's from Germany? Yep. And he used to be a blue collar worker like me. He worked at a, a plant that built diesel trucks. And those are all, so you know, honorable professions. I mean, yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. So at any rate, this is fascinating. Barnaby, I'm so glad to be here with you drinking this fabulous wine. And we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with right a on. new selection uh, of stories from Barnaby Tuttle, owner of Teutonic Wine Company. Sound Tasting with jazz singer Marty Mendenhall is supported by Nicoletta and Beppe's Restaurant in the Pearl, creating a casual yet elegant dining experience. Around the table, we become family, friends, and community. NicolettaBeppe's.com. Welcome back to Sound Tasting on 99.1 FM Portland Radio Project. I'm jazz singer Marty Mendenhall, and I'm here with Barnaby Tuttle, the owner of Teutonic Wine Company, and huge music enthusiast. And I can't wait for this segment. I want to know everything about, you know, how you got started. Like, tell me about the beginning of Teutonic. The beginning of Teutonic. So, as I said earlier, um, I met this winemaker in Germany. Right. And I asked him to teach me to make wine. Uh -huh. and I don't know how seriously he took me at the time because you know, you know, <laughs> here I am, you know, my late 30s, and I've never done it before. Right. I said I'm going to do it, but and I, I should digress. We already had planted a vineyard, so we had this vineyard coming up, and eventually it's going to crop. And was so, this in the country somewhere? It's in Alsi, Oregon. Oh it's yeah. It's the only uh -huh. coastal vineyard. We still have it. We can, in fact, we can drink the wine in a few minutes. Okay. And so anyway. Um, I quit my job and got this job kind of as a seller rap, basically a handyman, janitor of this winery. And made our first wines, and it was such a different era. You know, there's, there's room for so much in wine, and you have what the Robert Parker thing, which is basically big, oaky, extractive wines with lots of horsepower, derivative of the whole Napa thing, and that's great. Uh -huh. But there's been a rebellion against it, and 
Some people call it new wine, some people call it natural wine. So you're, that's what you, that's what we that's do. That's Teutonic, so right? We're, that's Teutonic, and Teutonic's just an old-fashioned way of saying Germanic. So we we make wine, we, we're, you know, we're using the wild G's from the vineyard, we're not really adding anything to it, there's no enzymes, there's no cold soak. This is wine probably the way it was 100 years ago, but with much better sanitation. Yeah, and delicious, I might oh, add. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So did you, I mean, clearly we're not in the country. This is, a, for me, is a much better situation. I'm four generations Portland. Uh -huh. This is my home. You're not gonna make me, I, can't, I just couldn't live in the country. And now I'm making wine in my backyard. I love that. And it's great because if people are going wine tasting, they don't have to worry about drinking and driving. You can take Uber, you can take Lyft, you can yeah. walk, you can ride a bike, take a taxi. Right. You can go here, get a couple drinks, then go out to dinner at a nice restaurant. Right. And it's, it's just, it's a happier way of life for me. Yeah. So um, tell me more, you, you outgrew your country or you We outgrew the, we were at a shared facility outside of Oregon City. And we were making- That's my hometown, by the way. Yeah, Oregon City's badass, but- uh, <laughs> But uh, we, we outgrew OC. We just were too big for the facility we're at. Right. And we had to figure something out. And it's scary because we, I come from a blue collar, basic background. There aren't huge reserves of money behind Teutonic. It's uh -huh. sweat, equity, right. caution, and frugality. Yeah. And to put together something in the city of Portland, which is not cheap. Yeah, I can understand that, so. So how did you um, start, you know, developing your taste for wine and what you wanted to make? How did you How did you figure that well, out? It's I, I think it's always been intuitive, but when we moved to the city, we're putting this facility together, and you, you know your environment really changes who you are. Mm -hmm. And music, I mean, this boy is. I'm gonna have to be like, go up Paul Harvey here. We're gonna have all sorts of subjects <laughs> in the air. Before That's the okay. ingredients make sense. I can handle it. I have wine in hand. We're all good. But part of the, the new wine movement is, you know, how do you justify spending more than $10 on a bottle of wine? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a human experience. You're connecting to a farmer. You're connecting to an artisan. And there's a lot of ideas and philosophy in it. It's not just a substance or nutrition or mm -hmm. juice that's fermented. Right. And all that inspiration, it, it comes from all these things around, around us, and it's very fluidic. And when we came to Portland and we realized we're making wine here and we're gonna have a tavern and I'm gonna get it to watch people drink my wine, I decided to put together a vintage hi-fi. I wanted all analog, all vinyl, no greatest hits, that's a violation of my rules, <laughs> just as the artist intended it. So we started you know, working on this and I find these JBL 4312s and I changed out the tweeters and the capacitors and I got a tube preamp a Sansui 7900 from 1973. Oh my God, you're gonna be so popular after this show. <laughs> I hope so. Please help me make a living, everybody. And uh, you can always welcome to drink a beer with me too. Right, exactly, um, I'll come drink a beer with you. But anyway, so we put this together and I kept, I'm a little bit obsessive compulsive. How can I make it sound better? And one day I thought, pot's legal. And I went to the dispensary and I told these kids like, hey, I want my stereo to sound really good. And I've done everything I can afford to do. So we went home, smoked the research, and we had a dinner party, <laughs> okay. and suddenly I knew what it was like to be like my parents in 1975. Oh, there you We're go. We're sitting there between the speakers, eating food with no television, no smartphone, and we're talking until 2.30 in the morning, appreciating art the way it was meant to. It's not, you know, right. we've turned music into wallpaper. Yeah. You were listening to it, 
through compressed data files, yeah. tiny earbuds, or through the wall, listening to Spotify and a mix that's generated by a computer, yeah. we've totally taken it back to the human experience. Do you remember what you were listening to that night? Oh, we a lot of Moody Blues. Moody Blues, love that. A lot them. of Moody Blues. Uh, Herbie Hancock Sexton. Yeah, I love Herbie Yeah, he's, I listen to him a walkover. I love it. It, it just started affecting all of us. And everybody here suddenly was listening to crazy jazz. And me mm -hmm. being from a metal and punk background, you know, I'm 50 years old. This is a whole new experience for me. And when you start experimenting with mind-altering substances and listening to challenging art, suddenly you're in this very different headspace and it changed the wine. And it's not just me, it's like the gang. I'm not gonna say what other people do. Uh -huh. and, and honestly, I'm not like getting high in the morning. I'm not getting high every day. It's right. like, it's just once in a while at a special occasion when you right. really want to do some heavy thinking. It really? So tell me, how did it, how did it change your winemaking? This, this greater perspective and its connection to music, how did that specifically change how you thought about making wine? Well, you know, you listen to Miles Davis. Yes. You can't listen to that and walk away and be the same person. And I wanted to make wine. This is, I'm not a good musician, but I wanted to make something that created an interactive experience that could put as much information as much of that process into somebody else. Uh -huh. And do, do I succeed? I don't know, but it's a goal. And just that, the mindset, it's well, eye-opening, perspective, mind-enhancing. I, I love that, um, that sense of, you know, music enhancing the wine. And, you know, to me, wine is a major food group, so, you know, we're all good there. Absolutely. Um, and I, I want to know, I mean, you've produced a couple of different wines that were music-related, um, uh, right? There was one, maybe yes. tell me about them. So, well, the music-related wines were actually related to a, a movie or a band, Spinal Tap. Oh, yes. So Jazz Odyssey, when Nigel, the lead guitar player, left the band, they couldn't perform the songs. Uh -huh. So they did this freeform jazz odyssey. Oh, and no. and those then there was also uh, behind the scenes info. I did behind not the scenes, know. Those recorded in doubly. There was an eleven because I don't know if you remember the amplifier that goes to eleven. It's one louder. Um, and then there's the uh, foiled cucumber. And you're gonna have to watch the movie to figure out that joke. Okay, I will do so. I will rewatch Spinal it's, Tap to figure that anybody out. Anybody that's listening, if you haven't watched this movie, it's only better. It's the funniest movie ever made. And so, is that how you came up with your jazz wine? Yes. And the, we actually, we, you have to submit your your labels to the government, uh -huh. and they kept rejecting the labels. <gasps> and I was in the vineyard talking to my wife via cell phone. And she was just so frustrated. She was about to cry. And she says, this is ridiculous. Well, now, what were their grounds for rejecting them? Was it just uh, the names were too outlandish, or? They're not lawyers, and I don't know if they can always understand their own writing and their own bylaws. One, we were definitely in the wrong. But I said, I know, Olga, this is ridiculous. This is the fourth time we've submitted this set of labels. Right. I feel like I'm in Spinal Tap. And she's like, you know what? Maybe that's a good idea. And then we have the rocker horns with the rock dots in the label. 
and culturally that's who we are. We're, I don't want to say we're hooligans, but we kind of are. We, like, we drive muscle cars, we drink Are you, are you the bad, bad boys of wine? Kind of. Are you the bad I mean, boys I'm, I'm, of wine, I'm polite, but I am always want to get people in trouble. I love I'm it. I'm the last one to leave the party. Okay, well, this is good information to know. If I ever go out with you, I'm going to have to be sure to, you know, take a nap beforehand. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's hit the dive bars. Yeah, well, let's um, let's take another short break, and uh, we'll be right back with more surprising connections to wine and music and the Teutonic Wine Company. Support comes from Nicoletta and Beppe's Restaurant in the Pearl, offering authentic Italian dishes using the freshest ingredients. Pasta, pizza, salad, delizioso. NicolettaBeppe's.com. Welcome back to Sound Tasting on 99.1 FM Portland Radio Project. I'm jazz singer Marty Mendenhall, and I'm here with winemaker, music fan, and owner of the Teutonic Wine Company, Mr. Barnaby Tuttle. And I have to say, thank you so much for sharing this wine with me. I'm, um, it's delicious. I really, I'm enjoying the conversation and the wine. It's great. So let's get back to this. Um, you were talking about jazz and wine, and since I'm a jazz singer, I have this huge interest in, you know, knowing more about that connection for you. Well, it's, I, I think it's been the, it, it has been the biggest change in our lives since moving here. It's affected the wine, and it got to a point where we realized that it wasn't just enough to play it on the turntable, and a friend of mine, Ken Kalura, who is a wine buyer at Indina, is also a DJ on KMHD. And I called him up and I was kind of shy and it's like, yeah, you know, we've been listening to these crazy records. I told him what we're listening to and I said, yeah, I've been getting high and listening to these really wild records. And by the way, anybody listening to this that thinks jazz is stodgy, <laughs> safe, boring music, you've been listening to the wrong jazz. The wrong jazz, this stuff, right. I, I come from a punk and metal background. This stuff turned my head around. So anyway. I, I get, love that. And I get my horn at this guy and he's totally stoked. He's like, yeah, right on. So he gives me a bunch of phone numbers, and I don't know who these people are. One of them is Alan Jones. Uh -huh. And I call him up, and he comes down to the winery and says, yeah, we can do some live music at the winery in the production space. So when we do live jazz here, you are in the room with the barrels, surrounded by barrels, right. very interesting acoustics. And Jan, Alan's like, yeah, he goes, but here's the thing, I'll do it, but I want to be in charge of all the booking. He has his Alan Jones Academy of Music, and it's great because I delegated it to the best. And it turns out this guy's like a super famous drummer. He's played with Wynton Marsalis, Wayne yeah, Shorter. He's fabulous. Been around the block. And um, this is a total cool gang of people. And, and so that's what we're setting up for right now, right? And uh, We're about T minus 45 minutes. You that's, betcha. That's great. And then the, all the wine events, uh, the music, you can find online on your website, right? It'll be on the website, and uh, it's listed on the chalkboard, on the mirror of the winery. Right. Absolutely. So um, I love that um, you have jazz here. That's like a passion of mine, and I'm, I, I thank you for supporting the jazz community. You're so welcome. Um, tell me, though, you know, I read online, and I think one of the things that attracted to me to you was that you got together with a heavy metal band called Red Fang, um, and you created a wine with them, right? We did, and by the way, now that y'all like jazz, I'm sure you're like, you know, five minutes. <laughs> now we're all jazz. You should listen to Red Fang. These guys are awesome. 
And even if you don't like heavy metal, go to YouTube, type in Red Fang, and watch the video. I did actually, I saw them being chased. They escaped in a PBR truck and they were being chased by beer drinking zombies, beer drinking which I zombies. thought was genius. I loved it, it was great. And they rock, absolutely. It was some years ago, we were doing a, a, a trade tasting at our winery and you know, I'm working my station, pouring the wines, blah, blah, blah. And I hear some whispering and my wife Olga is like, that's the drummer from Red Bank drinking her wine. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, leave him alone. That's great, that's so cool. And I'm a little bit more bashful. After this happened, Olga reaches out to their manager and says, hey, let's make a wine together. I'm like, great. And That's history like, was born. And the guys are totally cool. They they were like, yeah, let's make this wine. And I love they that. showed up, we tasted all these wines. Then the dudes come when the day we're bottling. Uh-huh. Bottling, you can ask any winemaker. I would say the number one thing we hate is, is bottling. bottling wine. And the way we bottle extra sucks. We're doing uh, two six-bout hand fillers. The band jumps on the bottling line and takes over. I go drink a beer and they bottle their own wine. That's fantastic. The, the real working guys are not Way to go, dogs. Red Fang. Right? I'm a huge fan. I actually am a fan. I listen to all kinds of music and I love that. So. They're great. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for telling me that, that story. You have other events? at the winery? Well, every Sunday we do a seafood cookout. It's called Seafood Sunday. <sighs> and we build a wall of barrels around our parking lot, set up all these canopies, kind of like Oktoberfest, but instead there's wine and seafood. And we usually try and have a pretty good deal. So it's really a nice price. Like I did, we do half crab for like $15, $18 a half a crab. Um, and it changes, we have guest chefs. But the ones that I'm really excited about uh -huh. is, uh, Sunday, July 3rd, Texas Zach is coming from, guess what, Texas. No kidding. And he's gonna do a Viet Cajun <laughs> crawfish boil. Oh, that and sounds so good. What's the date on that? June 3rd. June 3rd, got it. And Viet Cajun is, if you haven't watched uh, Ugly Delicious, you should watch it. Cajun food with Vietnamese influence is all the thing in Houston. So think Cajun, but with a lot of citrus, lemongrass, garlic, garlic butter, it's straight legit. So we have that, and we just got together with this uh, oyster fest. And I don't know for sure, but what I think right now it's gonna be is oysters on the half shell, oyster po'boys, deep fried oysters, barbecued oysters, oyster Rockefeller, um, uh, who knows what else we'll come up with. And what's the date on that? That's July 22nd with uh, Chef Andrew Garrison from Headlands and Travis Oha from uh, Never Shellfish Farms. So it's all gonna be, you know, this family-grown oysters from Knee Tarts, badass. Uh, that, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. Let's, right, let's, well that's, I wish it was that's what I July hear. 22nd right now. Um, that's fantastic. And plus you've got the live jazz every week. Live jazz every week and Seafood Sunday fades right into live jazz. So um, I am going to um, just say right now that we've got this huge text to win. Um, set up for our listeners, uh, which is pretty cool. And um, can you tell um, the listeners what we're gonna give them, what were they gonna give them today? Okay, so there's two different wines. Okay. And these are two of my very favorite. One is the Alcee Blanc from our coastal vineyard, the only coastal vineyard in Oregon. We only make a little bit of this wine. It's half Pinot Blanc and half Pinot Meunier, which is a red grape similar to Pinot. Ah, that sounds good. But oddly, it's a white wine. And we call it crab wine because this wine with Dungeness crab is so good. 
All right, good to know. All right, got that one. And the next wine is really crazy. It's called Rauch wine. Rauch is German for smoke. How do you spell that? R-A-U-C-H. Okay, got it. And then be W-I-E-N. Uh-huh. No, I'm saying E-I-N. E-I-N. E-I-N, got it. And um, with all the forest fires in the Columbia Gorge, uh-huh. this particular vineyard got a lot of smoke. And instead of fighting out, I thought, well, this could be an interesting, flavor. savory flavor. Right. So we soaked the grapes on the skins for four days and then pressed it off. And right now, the smoke, I'll be very honest, is subtle. But in the finish, you get this kick that reminds me of mezcal and a little bit of grittiness in the palate, but it's delicious. So rock wow. wine and crab wine. Okay, so that's gonna be our text one for listeners and we're gonna have them uh, set up a time that they can come by the station and pick that up. And right now, our listeners can text the word wine uh, to the number 27299 and the first texter gets two bottles of wine from the Teutonic Wine Company. Thank you so much. And again, that's text the word wine, W-I-N-E, to uh, the number 27299. So we have um, a little time left, uh, Barnaby. Is there anything else? I mean, any parting, any parting comments you want, you know, burning desire to share? Well, let's talk about Seafood Sunday again. All right. So this, so um, I'm experiencing my midlife clarity. Okay. Oh, I like that. And, um, or enlightenment, which sounds so much better than um, crisis. Okay. But, um, <laughs> so I want to open a dive bar. Okay. And so my fantasy dive bar that I've been driving everybody crazy talking about, it's called Pluff. Uh-huh. And Pluff is a type of silt in the estuaries in South Carolina, and it's going to be a boil bar. So if this comes together the way I want, you'll have your choice of broth. You'll have your low country broth, which is heavily seasoned by Old Bay, your regular Cajun, your Viet Cajun. There'll be a crustacean bar, which you have your choice of shrimp. I'll make sure you get good shrimp, like rock shrimp or uh, spot prawns, crawfish, crab, or lobster. And hopefully we'll have the deep fryer so we can do some uh, Tennessee hot catfish, fried oysters, and salmon roe hush puppies. Wow. And live music, and just a crazy good heavy scene. I love it. So this is a little take, this is a little glimpse into the future yeah, of Yeah, so maybe I show up the winery and... And, and uh, Barnaby Tuttle, right? Yeah, maybe right. I'll play my tuba. Well, Barnaby, this has been so much fun. Thank you for being a guest on Sound Tasting and for teaching us all about wine and these fabulous combinations. This has been really fun. Well, thank you very much, Marty. I had a great time. I'm jazz singer and food enthusiast, Marty Mendenhall, and thanks so much for listening.